Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Spooky SLV Podcast, and I am your host, Brad Hicks. Let's get started. Getting started tonight, folks, we're going to have uh, uh, a couple of creepypastas towards the end. Uh, both of them were written by friends of mine, and it was <laughs> kind of a shock, kind of a kind of a thing I didn't expect. Uh, the first one will be from Glenna Price, who's a good friend of mine. I've known her for many, many years, since I was a child. And uh, she wrote a story that I absolutely love. It's a fantastic little story. Very short, but it's good. And then I got the email from her, and then a couple days later, I got an email from her son, Flint Price. And uh, he wrote a UFO creepypasta that I really like, too. It's very good. So I, it was just kind of neat that the two of them had both submitted a story. And uh, we'll get those on towards the end, like I said. And we'll uh, before then, we will start with a, uh, a couple of true stories from... Uh, a couple of submitters on the emails. One of them's a UFO story and the other one's a ghost story. And uh, both of them very good. And then we will be having our last story from our friend Sandy Martinez, who's submitted so many. And I say last, hopefully not the last. But for right now, it's the last. Hopefully she'll put in some more for us. But uh, we'll get started here real quick. Okay, first story tonight, folks, is from Larry Animal Garner, who is an accomplished writer. He's an author. He has got three um, crime mystery novels out that I haven't read yet, and I will try to get the uh, his uh, website up on the uh, podcast description this time around. Hopefully, by the time I get it uh, put up, it'll be um, it'll be it'll be in the description. So, but here we go true SLV spooky UFO story. This happened in either 1968 or 1969. A friend of mine and I had driven to Alamosa from Monta Vista, picked up his girlfriend and another young lady, and proceeded to drive around aimlessly for a time before parking in front of the Alamosa Spanish Cemetery, known to generations of Valley folks as the Penitente Graveyard, on the corner of Alamosa County Road 8 South, also known as the Co-op Road and the Alamosa County Road 108. Back in this time frame, there was very little traffic on the 8th South of it, as it was still dirt and craft drive wasn't even a dream at that point. In other words, a perfect place to park and tell ghost stories to young ladies. At some point, the car radio suddenly lost volume and the dash lights dimmed before going out completely. As we were sitting there wondering how the battery had died so quickly and what to do next, we realized that the electrical substation across the street to the west was making some weird noises. There was a loud groaning coming from it, and a few lights over there were alternately dimming and brightening until at last they went completely dark. We got out of the car to get a better look at this phenomenon. One of the young women grabbed my arm and whispered, Look! As she pointed upward, above the area where we were parked was a large black circle in the sky where no stars or moonlight shone. After a few minutes of holding us spellbound, the black circle disappeared without any fanfare, leaving us staring at the clear, star-studded valley sky. The radio suddenly came back on, scaring us all and prompting a chorus of screams. The lights at the substation resumed their previous illumination and the horrible groaning noises subsided, once again restoring quiet to our back road parking spot. Believe it or not, as you will. But this is a true story. I know because I was there. 
Thank you, Larry. That was fantastic. I love that story. Got a little bit of humor in it. It's great. Okay, the next story is from Fran Lovato Porter. She uh, emailed this story to me. Let's uh, read our little ghost story here. I was visiting my sister that lives in Monta Vista in apartments on Jackson Street. My grandson and I were playing in my sister's living room with a Super Bowl, bouncing it back and forth to each other. My grandson bounced it kind of high the last time, and we thought it had rolled under the couch or TV stand. My sister's boyfriend decided to take the living room apart to find the bright neon green ball as it was my grandson's favorite ball. He and I were living in Pueblo, Colorado, and he wanted to find the ball before we left back home. After a day of searching for the ball, we had to give up. As it was getting late, we were going to be taking the long two-hour drive back to Pueblo in the morning. The next day, we packed our things in my car and drove back to Pueblo. Fast forward to a month later, and I get a call from my sister saying that her her and her boyfriend were sitting in the living room watching TV. Her living room sits at the end of a long hallway that goes to her bedroom and a guest room. She said, remember that green ball that we looked high and low for before you left? Well, my boyfriend and I were watching TV late last night, and that green ball came rolling down the hallway from the bedroom at the end of the hallway. She said it made the hairs on her arms stand up, and they were so scared that night. I was shocked and freaked out. She later told me that this kind of thing happens all the time in the apartment. Thank you, friend, for that story. And personally, if that kind of thing happened all the time in the apartment, I would have liked to have known that before I went and stayed a couple days. <laughs> but uh, thank you again. Great story. Okay, our last true story of the night comes from our friend Sandy Martinez. And as I said before, this is her last story, unless she decides to give us some more, which I'm pretty sure she might. Hopefully. Keep fingers crossed. Here we go. 2020. It was about 6 in the evening, still light out, but evening time. I was driving down 10th Street in Alamosa, headed west towards L&M Auto. I had just crossed over the railroad tracks and looked both ways to make sure no cars were coming when out of the bushes to my left, about 80 feet or so away, out of the bushes stepped this creature. It had the body of a stout, quite wide dog with stubby legs. It looked like the body of a bulldog with extremely short legs, and on its head it had a rack of horns that looked like a moose. Imagine something short to the ground with a moose rack on its head. Living here and being around deer all my life, this was not a deer rack on this thing's head. I literally jumped in my seat as I saw it. It was the freakiest, creepiest looking thing. As I did, it was looking at me and stepped back into the bushes, obviously not wanting to be seen. I flipped a U-turn right there at L&M's and drove right past the bushes there looking for it, calling my daughter all excited and creeped out, telling her what I had seen and was looking for. I never saw it again. That, Sandy, was a good one. And on a note, I'm going to tell a quick story here that a buddy of mine, uh, my best friend Jimmy, and I were uh, riding around one night in La Jara, just cruising around. This was, God, I can't remember if we were still in high school or not. It would have been late 80s, early 90s. We were driving around. He had a little green Chevy Love we called the Avocado because it was avocado green. It was fantastic. And then I'm not talking the outside green of the Avocado, the inside green. <laughs> anyway, we were cruising around, and we were going, uh, heading east down uh, Main Street from 285. And we were just 
getting ready to turn between what at the time was Bountiful Video and the feed lot, which is uh, east across the street, or west across the street, excuse me. As we turn, there's a street light directly behind Bountiful Video. And uh, it, it cast a you know, bright light across the entire street. Jimmy and I, he slammed the brakes, and I looked forward thinking we're going to hit a car or an animal or something. And in on the uh, right-hand side of the street was a creature. Now, the only way I can describe this is if you've seen Ghostbusters, the the, the, the two uh, guardian dogs, the uh, Keymaster and the uh, uh, Gatekeeper, those two dogs. That's the way the body was. And it looked like a dog, a misshapen dog. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And I really wish Jimmy was here to verify this. But it had extremely short back legs and really long front legs just like those creatures in the movie. And, you know, a lot of people will be saying, well, you know, you're just taking a description from the movie. Well, that's the only way I can describe it. The head was totally different. The head almost looked like a, a Doberman or a hyena. It had extremely long ears. Um, kind of like an Anubis dog is what it looked like. And now that I'm thinking about it, an Anubis dog would be a great description for this. And if you look up an Anubis dog online, this is almost exactly what it looked like. But Jimmy and I stopped and we looked and it turned and looked at us from about 10, 15 feet off of the road on the right hand side. It jumped to the middle of the road and then directly into the streetlight. And that's when we got a really good uh, look at it. Mind you, two hops, it covered almost what? 40 feet and then another two hops it was out of sight down the alleyway by the time it started jumping the second time into the alleyway jimmy had started to floor it in that truck and was chasing it yeah he's kind of he was kind of crazy i wouldn't chase it i did i'm if i if i'd been driving that night i would have just been a big nope and kept on going but he turned down the alleyway directly behind it i mean we we should have actually hit the dang thing and it was gone completely and totally gone never saw it again never saw it again and later that night uh we met up with uh, the cop in town and i'm not going to give his name because i don't know if he would actually want to be on mentioned in this. and we were talking to him and we told him what we saw and he just got this he he was already pretty pale but he went even more pale just extremely pallid and jimmy said you saw it too didn't you you saw it and he would, oh, I didn't see anything. Nope, I didn't see anything. And then we finally got him to admit that he had seen the same thing because he had drove down the opposite end of that alleyway that we had turned down at the same time we turned into the alley. So he saw that thing hop out of the alley. Mind you, this was a full block from where we saw it. And like I said, when we turned into that alleyway, we should have actually hit that thing. That's how close Jimmy was to it. It was gone. It had hopped down that alleyway so fast we never saw it. It was the most incredible thing ever. I, And I just thought I'd share that one, add a little bit more to the podcast. But um, we'll move on now to the creepypastas. Okay, the first uh, creepypasta will be by Glenna Price, and it's a story called, It is Cold. It is cold. It is so cold. It's an icy, numbing cold. It is dark. It is very dark. It is so dark, I do not know if my eyes are open or closed. It is quiet. It is very quiet. I hear nothing but stillness. Can a person hear stillness? There is a smell, 
a scent of sorts. It is very faint, barely there. When I can breathe again, I will recognize it, I am sure. It is the scent of cleanliness. The word sanitized comes to mind. Can a person smell purity in the air? I dream that I am covered in ice. Perhaps this is not a dream. If I could just manage to lift my arm, to find warmth, but any kind of motion is denied me. No, I am not dreaming. I am icy cold. Why is there no light? Surely the sun will rise. Surely someone will turn on a light. That will happen, will it not? My eyes are closed. I feel that now. If I could just open them, all would be set right. I would have light and warmth, but my lids refuse to move, refuse to open in the light, refuse to open to see the light. Wait, there was something. I felt a mere wisp of a breeze sneak by the side of my face. Come back, come back. There it is again, a soft waft of air beside me. Is someone there? Please, is someone there? A thread of fragrance fragrance enters my senses. The surrounding air is filled with the scent of a man. His cologne, the damp, sweaty smell of his hair, the trace of mint from his breath. How close he must be to me. I cannot see him or hear him, but he is there nonetheless. Help me, please help me. I am shouting, I am so cold, I want to cry, but I cannot. He is not aware of me. The surrounding air begins to cover me with a heavy, crushing weight. I can no longer smell the room or the man. I can no longer feel any of the drifting air next to my face. The thoughts in my head are becoming garbled, muddled, and confused. I feel that I am fading into sleep. A deep, long, black sleep. One clear thought emerges from the vanishing feelings. So this is what it feels like. Please help me. I love that story. It's just the craziest little story. And it came from a woman who I never would have actually thought would write something like that. It's fantastic. I love it. Thank you, Glenna. I am very happy to have that story on my podcast. Okay, we're going to start now with the last creepypasta, the UF story by Flint Price. That damn buzzing. Being startled awake every morning by a blaring alarm clock surely can't be the way human beings were designed to begin their days. But nonetheless, that's how every day has started since I took the early shift at work. It doesn't seem so bad in the summertime, when by the time I get to work, the sun is already beginning to throw its first rays across the foothills of the Sangre de Cristo Mountains here in the San Luis Valley. But this is January. The deep, cold nights often feel like they'll never end. The dense, brisk air creeps into your bones and chills you to the core. On these mornings, I always make sure to give myself a few extra minutes to head outside early and start the old Ford, hoping to take some of the bite from the air inside before my long drive. I headed out the back door of the house, and just as I have since I was a kid, I turned my gaze immediately upward, taking in the beautiful night sky. I located Venus, scanned for Orion, and looked across the broad, bright Milky Way. I'd always been fascinated by the stars. Living in the valley at over 7,000 feet of elevation, the view was almost always spectacular. There was no moon above right then and very few clouds, most of them huddled near Mount Blanca, leaving the rest of the sky brilliantly lit only by the stars. 
The air was crisp. It burned a little with the first few breaths as I walked to my truck. I continued glancing upward, hoping to catch sight of a meteor or something as my neighbor's mutt dog, Uncle Polt, startled me as he brushed against my leg on his way by. We began, we began calling him Uncle Bolt when our own dog had puppies a couple years earlier. He would often invite himself over and visit and play with them. As he bounded off across the yard, I heard his paws make that familiar muffled crunch in the snow on the ground. I started my truck and headed back to retrieve my lunch when I heard it again. That damn buzzing. I had forgotten to turn off my alarm clock. I had only hit the snooze button. I rushed to turn it off as to not annoy the rest of the family this early in the morning and grab my hat. Knowing I couldn't pull it off in the inevitable any longer, I quietly kissed my wife goodbye and left the house. It was the usual drive-time routine. Find some 90s music or a podcast to listen to and head into the darkness. I always take the back road into Alamos and enjoying the drive with fewer lights and definitely fewer cars. I can appreciate the view that much easier. I had been driving around for about 15 minutes and had reached a point on the drive where there was a long straight stretch of road with absolutely no lights and no houses in the viewable distance. This was a common spot to see a deer or a stray cow, so my eyes were intently scanning back and forth along the sides of the road, which made what happened next all the more surprising. In an instant, everything around me was momentarily brightly lit up, just as if lightning had struck directly overhead. Immediately, my mind raced, a million thoughts in an instant. What could it have been? It's January. Certainly, it couldn't have been light. I checked the rearview mirror. Nothing. I blinked my eyes a few times, wondering if my contact lenses had somehow slipped out of place or something. Before any of this had truly registered in my mind, it happened again. Then again. The stark contrast of the pitch black night with the bright flashes left me blinded. I started to press the brake pedal when I realized I was already at a complete stop. Why was I stopped? I didn't even remember slowing down. Thoroughly confused, I glanced around me and I'm seeing nothing. I decided it was time to get the hell out of there. It wasn't until this moment that I realized not only was the truck engine not running, it was completely dead. My headlights wouldn't come on, the stereo was off, and it was dark. Like, really dark. I opened the door and hopped into the rough back road pavement. That exact moment would be the one that changed me forever. The bright light came again, this time not as a flash, but as a flood around me. Squinting, I looked all around me for the source. It seemed to be everywhere and nowhere at the same time. As I spun around, I noticed that the whole world wasn't lit up, just the area immediately surrounding me. How can a spotlight have no origin? What is this? That thought was interrupted by a new one. What the hell is that smell? It was a potent, metallic, bitter scent, like scorched steel. A smell that had absolutely no place out here in the middle of nowhere. I took a couple deep breaths trying to identify the aroma. With these breaths, though, came a sudden and horrifying feeling. I was becoming immediately and heavy, heavily groggy, feeling just like I had been given an anesthetic in preparation for surgery. I began to try and scramble for the truck, running my hand along the door, begging for the handle. I never found it. I also never felt myself hit the ground. The next few moments were seen through a fog of utter confusion and disorientation. My eyes couldn't immediately focus correctly, and there wasn't enough light around me to see anything definitively. 
I wasn't cold anymore, so I knew I wasn't still outside. But I also wasn't in my truck. I thought maybe I'd been found by a local farmer and they'd take me to their garage or Haitian. It was a large space, whatever it was, and I was protected from the weather. As my eyes finally began to adjust to the darkness, my surroundings proved to me my new startling reality. I was inside something I had never seen before, and more importantly, didn't appear to be man-made. It was a cavernous space. The ceiling was high and arched to a point. The walls, though, they weren't any type of metal or wood. They, they seemed alive. With an appearance almost like a bat's wing. Was the entire room breathing? I suddenly felt like Jonah in the whale. Fear was beginning to take hold now, and I was breathing fast, trying not to panic. I had to get out. I had to get home. I tried to get up, tried to move at all. I was horrified to realize that all I had was the ability to move, move my eyes. I was otherwise completely and tightly paralyzed, frozen almost. I could look down enough to see that my body was okay, my limbs intact, and I was still clothed, with, which was a huge relief. That relief, however, was quickly replaced by sheer terror as I heard movement coming towards me. I had no voice to scream with, no breath with which to shout. Finally, my captor appeared, but what the actual hell was it? I love outer space movies, and I know the Travis Walton abduction story by heart, but nothing, and I mean nothing, could have prepared me for what happened next. The being came near me, and it didn't have a solid form. Not quite translucent, it wasn't a ghost or spirit, but also it didn't have a definitive shape. There was an eerie glow emanating from inside it, and it seemed to hover as opposed to walk. The strangest part of all, though, I instantly experienced this being with all of my senses at once. My mind suddenly lit up with horrible thoughts that I can't describe. I saw pictures in my mind of destroyed and desolate places with terrible mutilated bodies of beings I've never seen. My fear grew as I tried once again to speak, but still didn't have the ability. In that moment, I heard it. At least it sounded like a male voice, but I only heard it in my mind. I strained to understand, but I couldn't make out any identifiable words. It was a deep, strong voice, but muffled, almost like hearing something underwater. The tones he used felt like an explanation, like he wanted me to understand, but he knew that I couldn't. He paused directly in front of me and was again silent. Then from the center of this luminous creature came a bright beam of blinding blue light that shot straight into my core. I felt heat in the center of my chest and began to spread through my body. I thought this was it. This is how I die. My thoughts jumped instantly to my family and home, probably still fast asleep in their beds. And now I wouldn't even have the chance to tell them goodbye and how much I love them. As I felt that emotional pain, the beam directed at my heart instantaneously stopped. The creature withdrew a few feet and seemed to tilt itself slightly to the side, almost like it was curious or confused by what it just sensed in me. It came closer once more, almost enveloping me in its aura. It was like it wanted to feel it again. Still terrified for my life, I willed my mind to focus on home like before. I felt and heard this being draw in what seemed like a deep breath, even though I saw no mouth or lungs, then let it out in what felt like a satisfied sigh. It slid back again, 
briefly gazed at me once more and suddenly vanished from my sight. Still completely confused, yet obviously relieved at still being alive, I tried once again to get to my feet. Finding no strength in my body with which to move, I tried to speak. It felt like maybe I could. I took a deep breath and out it came. Help! It was rough, guttural scream. Sounding foreign, sounding foreign even to me. My cry echoed through the wide expanse of the room, and I wondered if there were others like me anywhere else. That thought was interrupted by a piercingly loud hissing above me. Along with it, that same putrid smell from beside the truck, the burnt, metallic smell. Then darkness. A long, drifting sense of seeking, sinking deeply into water. Then I heard it. That damn buzzing. Okay, Flint, that was good. I like that one too. You and your mom both write very well. <laughs> okay, uh, that's it for the stories today. I will actually have one more story by the time this is published. I'm going to be doing an interview. I'm going to have a friend of mine tell her story on the podcast. I'm not going to be reading anything. She's going to be telling a story. It'll probably be more like an interview. I'll ask a few questions, stuff like that. Uh, that'll be coming up here shortly. Thanks. Okay, guys, change to the schedule here. Um, the interview with Auckland won't be happening for this podcast episode. Hopefully for the next one. We'll see what happens. Um, we're having scheduling conflicts. <laughs> but um, we'll get it in. And I think, from what I understand, she has several stories. Maybe, but we'll probably just do one at a time. I'm not sure. But uh, we're actually going to interview her, like I said, and we're going to put her on the podcast, and we'll enjoy it that way. Um, until then, we'll talk to you guys soon. And for the last time tonight, we are going to tell you about the uh, support button on the Spotify profile page. Yes, I say it every time, and I will continue to say it. <laughs> Uh, the support button is kind of like Patreon. It's not Patreon, but it's kind of like it. It's where you can support the podcast to help make it better, help get better equipment, help uh, maybe do more things with the podcast. Get me voice lessons. That'll be nice. And it just in general, support the podcast. For You know, I would really appreciate it. I do. I mean, I'm really starting to enjoy doing this podcast. A lot. I'm enjoying it probably too much. <laughs> but uh, anything that you contribute would be fun. It is a monthly payment thing where you pay per month or you can do a one-time donation and then cancel. That is entirely up to you. And I would appreciate any support and help that would come along. Thanks, guys. And that's it for tonight. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to the podcast. I will start coming out pretty regular on Tuesdays from now on. So keep a reminder on your phone if you have to or whatever you need to do. Remember to listen. Thanks. Talk to you soon.